Cyril and I, this week, have been working on uh, catchphrases for Beefcake. Who's Beefcake? (laughs) That's such a rude thing to ask a new dad. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I didn't realize I was being rude. (laughs) We did talk about this last week. No, it vaguely, it rings a bell. Beefcake's what I call the the new one. Oh, Lewis. Yeah, because he likes to crush bottles. He likes to pulverize bottles, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we call him When Miles gang. was born, he looked a lot like Tom Hardy. Okay. Which is surprising, because I don't look anything like Tom Hardy. Yeah, okay. Uh, but he looked a lot like Tom Hardy when he was first born, to the point that I was like, Jamie? Yeah. <laughs> you would tell Sit me, down, right? You would tell me, right? <laughs> yeah. This baby looks exactly like Bane. <laughs> Um, but you're, you're, so you're, my boy embodied, like he, he presented himself yeah. as like a macho, yeah. big boy, venom, bane. Beefcake, you know. with beefcake, it's a little bit more aspirational, but it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. As I mentioned to you and to the baby nation last week, um, beef, like the doctor said, he's too small. He's too little. Oh, but you're, you're sort of a little family. But they didn't say that. And no, but, I, but I'm to saying say that. that you're the first, first. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Well, Sarah's a little person, <laughs> not like a little person, but she's not like. I would say she's smaller she's, than average. If she were she's here, petite. she would tell you that she is average height for a woman. And okay, and you, uh, and I know, I, I know, here, that and I'll you, tell you, I'm average height for a man. But so, I know that I know that when you were growing up, and I don't, I didn't know you when you were growing <laughs> up, but I do know that when you were growing up, you had a reputation of being. Small. Well, that was my nickname growing up was Smalls. So it's kind of like right. Beefcake. That I right. my my friends called me Smalls because they thought it would be funny when I grew up to be the same size as my dad, who's a big man. And then it'd be like, why never? Why they call you Smalls? But it never happened. Right. But be, so Beefcake was aspirational. The doctor said he's too little. I already said this last week, but apparently everyone uh, has forgotten it. Um, and so I had to beef him up, and we beefed him up, and and the to encourage him. I would say, crush that bottle, beefcake. Yeah. And then so, and it's that been work? working. It's been working. Yeah, the doctor's like, wow, now he's big and he's getting beefy and he's, he's grown, almost too big. He's already grown out of his newborn little onesies. Yeah. Um, but to help him along this path, Cyril and I have been working hard on some catchphrases for him and I want to run him by you. Oh, yeah, please. This is the debut. I've got three. I'm glad we're talking dad talk. Yeah. Because I have some dad talk, too. But let's get through your catchphrases. Just tell me. I think they're all great. And this is just to get him amped, right? Yeah, this is to get him amped, to crush bottles, to pulverize formula. Okay, here's the first one. This is what he said. This is what Beefcake says. Uh, In the mornings, uh, mommy uh, does night times, and so she needs to to have some kind of sleeping in the morning. So in the mornings, Mm -hmm. often... Beefcake and Cyril and I will go to school together, to Cyril's school together. Okay, cool. And when we do that, when we're when it's time to get in the car to go to daycare, Beefcake says, "Let's get beefy, boys." Oh, he says that. Yeah, let's get beefy, boys. He's speaking. That's his catchphrase. Oh, okay. 
I mean, we say it for him, I guess. Right. Okay. What do you think? You want to hear another one? Let's get beefy boys is not bad. Yeah. It's not bad, okay. I'll say. Okay. I've got two. But it's not more. good. I'm looking for like beef puns. You okay. Know? No, they're none of them are beef puns. Here's the second one he says. Ready? Yeah. It's beefin' time. Now beefin' time is <laughs> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> is that trademarkable? I think it's trademarkable. It's beefing Probably time. because I don't think anyone would wanna use the phrase it's beefing time. Yeah. Well beefcake does. Oh, okay. And then and he does that when he poops? Like I beef my pants. Uh it's kind of unclear. I mean, I think honestly, if you were to ask him, if he were able to speak, he would say that all the time is beef in time. Yeah. For beef when you're beefcake. When you're beefcake. Just I, flows through you. He's like a river. Yeah, I've got one more. It's like a water spirit. And he says this all the time. Ready? And I think this actually might run into some trademark problems, but it's the one I like that Cyril and I like the most, and we both say it a lot. Yeah. Smells like beefaroni. Okay, smells like beefaroni. So <laughs> yeah. you said there were no beef puns, but there's one. Yeah, I guess so. I don't right? know that it's a pun. It's just, you know. Well, I mean, the, <laughs> you're, you, the people at Pupperoni came up with the pun. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. Beefaroni. Yeah. I like that one a lot. It smells yeah. like beefaroni. Yeah, okay. And is that also when he poops? Are these all about when he poops? No, no, it's about like beefing. Beefing, I think, is probably crushing bottles. Oh, okay. I mean, pooping is part of it. Often he, he'll do both at the same time, honestly. Yeah, he'll do right both at the same time uh, constantly, yeah. usually. Yeah. That's his preferred yeah. technique. So maybe beefin, we can trademark it and get a patent for it. Beefin is when you drink your dinner and poop it out at the same time. Right. That's what beefin yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. Man, I've been there, huh? <laughs> been there. <laughs> yeah. That's just a Tuesday for me. Yeah. Uh, Miles moved into a big boy bed. Oh, wow. So did Cyril. When? Uh, a few months ago. Okay. Tell me. Tell me about it. It's time to talk well, about your Well, he boy. moved into a big boy bed. We took one of the walls off his crib, and we put up a little guard, and so he can kind of come and go as he pleases from his crib, and he takes full advantage of that. He likes to get out of bed. He likes to go over to the bookshelf. He likes to peruse his selection of books, look through the library, maybe bring back a stuffed animal or two to the crib. Wow. Um, that's been going f- fine. Okay. Um, but it has made him a little bit more irritable. So okay. I've had to introduce some new thought technologies to kind of just keep him level-headed. Okay. Um, one of the thought technologies I introduced, you're going to love this actually, is um, you one time made me a playlist. Of Sonic Youth? Of Radiohead. Oh, nice. Like, I, un- I have also underappreciated made of Sonic Youth. Yeah. I know, I know. And yeah. I, I re- responded in kind. <laughs> With a playlist of uh, Weedus songs, I think. <laughs> Weedus song, I will say. Yeah. Um, that was nice of me. You made a playlist. I don't know if it was for me or just for your own. I think it was probably just for you. No, I think it was for you. It was underappreciated Radiohead hits. Yeah. And I listened to it. Yeah. Uh, frequently. That's nice. And to I like hear. it. Thank you. Wow. Uh, Wolves at the Door? Yeah, Wolf at the Door. From, Wolf um, at the Door is my favorite song. Hail to the song Thief. On that, yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. that. Um, playlist. It's a, it's a good song. deeply underappreciated Radiohead song. Yeah. And when I got Miles in the car today, the Radiohead album started playing, and he said, "I want to listen to Daddy's music today." And I said, <laughs> "All right, all right, that's nice." Yeah, because he mostly just makes us listen to Blades and the Monster Machines music. Okay, he wanted to listen to Daddy's music, so we listened to one Radiohead song, and he said, "I don't want this." He was like, "Why is your music so sad, Daddy?" <laughs> yeah. He said, "I want Coco Melon." Because he's now okay. he's very into Coco Melon. 
Okay, what's that? I'm glad you asked. Cocoa melon is like Lululemon. It's like Lululemon. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, leggings that you sell. (laughs) Yeah. uh, In sort of a pyramid scheme kind of setup. Great. No, Cocoa Melon is um, it's a it's a YouTube channel. Okay. Where they do songs and sort of like hypnotic, weird, like it's the kind of thing that some parents would put on for their kids, just like keep their kids busy endlessly. It's like crack. Yeah, I th- th- no judgment of anybody who needs to do that. But he's discovered it. He's yeah. he's somehow discovered it, and he wants it, and he requests it now. Yeah. So we had to turn off Radiohead and listen to Coco Melon, and we've watched a couple videos, and I, I think there's an... I guess it would be a problem. Okay. The parents from Coco Melon, it's about okay. three... Chi- Coco Melon follows the lives of three children. Okay. A baby... A slightly older boy and a slightly older girl. Okay. And then there are two parents. Okay. And the parents are too sexy. They're too sexy. Okay. The parents are the both the mom and the dad are uh, really hot. hot. They're hot. It's it's uh, animated. Yeah. Okay. And they made the parents too sexy. It's a problem. It's it's something for the grownups because you know like it like how Disney or Pixar will put in like kind of grown up jokes so parents can laugh along. Coco Melon was like, I'm going to put sexy parents in to keep you distracted. Google the phrase Coco Melon, one word. Coco Melon parents. Okay. Oh. Hello. Hello, mama. (laughs) They're both so hot, right? Yeah, they look great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why did they make them so hot? Yeah. Damn. They look great. I mean, look. And at this, this is what I'm grappling with all the time. Yeah, now. that's tough. That's tough. Every time Miles like Coco Melon, I'm like, I can't. I'll get- <laughs> I can't. I love my wife. I love my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the struggles of, of parenthood, huh? It's not easy. Why um, are they making these cartoon characters so damn sexy? <laughs> um, I will say before we leave this segment. Um, I I also recently upgraded Cyril to a big boy bed. I mean, a few months ago in anticipation of Lewis, a.k.a. Beefcake, showing up. Um, yeah. But he hasn't figured out that he can get out of it yet. Oh, he can? Okay. You didn't... You That wasn't part of the onboarding? No, I didn't, I didn't include that in the onboarding because I like that he doesn't get out of his bed after we oh. put him in it. But he'll be like, in the morning, he'll be like, Daddy, I'm ready to come out. And I like... I'm not ready to tell him that there's nothing stopping him. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you guys have a do you guys have a, a wake up light? No. That's a thought technology you have to sign up. I'm on a, to. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Miles Miles uses it. This motherfucker, he last night, I'm sorry man, I know you're about to tell me something and no, the no, segment no. is please, running long. Please. <laughs> last night. So our sleeping arrangements are a little odd right now to accommodate the newborn. I'm sleeping in a different room, so only one of us needs to suffer. Um, mm-hmm. But if Cyril wakes in the night, I have to come sprinting across the house from my room to help him with you know whatever emergency. Why, don't, why doesn't he just move into your room with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are a lot of reasons that? for that. No, we haven't, and there are a lot of reasons for that. But uh, last night at 3 in the morning, he uh, started scre- like screaming bloody murder, mommy! Uh, so I like came sprinting across the house, l- opened the door, and I was like, "What is it? What is it?" Just like heart racing. And he looked at me, immediately stopped screaming, and was like, "Oh, can you turn this book to the page with Lady Proxima?" 
You do it. And Lady Proxima, of course, is the weird uh, worm-like creature it's... at the beginning of Solo. Right. <laughs> who Han she's Solo like a has mob a, boss. She's a mob boss kind of monster. Yeah. Um, and so I did, and then he went back to sleep. <laughs> Why couldn't he do that? I I guess like because he doesn't know alphabetical order. He has a he has a book well, of like Star Wars. Until he finds it. I know that's what I th- that, that is in fact what I told him. I was like, this is something you can do yourself, and it's three in the fucking morning. This is actually related to our problem. The reason yeah. he had to move Miles into a big boy bed, yeah, is because he accumulates so much stuff. Like every yeah. night, he's like, "I'm going to bring six toys and four books into bed yeah. and f- four pillows." That's familiar. And there's no room for him in his crib. So we're like, "Okay, well, we're going to tear down a wall and like, <laughs> spill over." Yeah, smart. But now all all that means is like he can get out of bed to go get more stuff to bring back into his bed. That seems fine if he's self actualizing on it, right? As long he as he is, doesn't he bother. Is. And he'll like yeah. he'll make a little like he's like um he's like um smaug. Okay, yeah. He'll sort of like create a little like hoard of treasures. Yeah, and then just sleep on top of it. Yeah, no, Cyril does that too. It's mostly Star Wars books. But they all have to be like open on a certain page. Same with Miles. It's all Dingle, what we call Dingle Tiger books. Okay, Dingle Tiger. I'm familiar. Yeah. We yeah. haven't watched it in this house. Um, this has been Dad Talk. Dad Talk. R- really good, robust, healthy one today. Really good, robust. It was just a little bit horny, but yeah. now, Jack, it's, it's time for us to hang up our dad hats and time yeah. for us to put on our horny hats because it's time yeah. to do Strange Bedfellows, the show yeah. we came here to do. Yeah, and I'm a strange bedfellow named Jack. My name is Tanner Greenring. Yes, and we've got our horny hats on today because we're talking about a fantastic, uh, somewhat horny novel by Allie Hazelwood called The Love Hypothesis. And Certainly the- not as horny yes. as last week's book, but <laughs> still plenty horny. Plenty horny. The hypothesis, I think, is what if, um, you know, you give in to your feelings like um, like Luke Skywalker. In the, the cave on Dagobah? Yeah. I think you probably turn to the dark side. Yeah. Well, you do you know that this? Do you know this about this book? That it originated as Kylo Ren Ray fanfic. <laughs> Is that true? I believe that's true. Look it up. <laughs> do you believe that's true? I and, believe and that's true. By and which I, I mean, are you making that up? <laughs> I believe that's true because my wife told me when I said we were reading this. She was like, "Oh, is but, that the one that originated as Kylo Ren and Rey fanfic from the Star Wars from Force Awakens?" Oh wow! I searched the love hypothesis and it filled in Kylo Ren. <laughs> Doesn't it make so much more sense now that you know that? Here's what I don't get though: is like it takes place in like academia. Yes, like well, it's about like scientists doing. Yeah, like, but the characters research. are very clearly Ray and Kylo Ren. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Doesn't it make so much more sense? And it helped me because the whole way reading this, I um, I imagined them as I didn't have to like do any brain work. I just literally imagined Kylo Ren and Ray as like biologist post grads, <laughs> <laughs> and it like totally fucking God, worked. I love for me. fanfic. <laughs> You can just do whatever you want there. You're like, it's these characters you know and love. Yeah. Who are known for one thing. And the one yeah. thing is like their deep connection to the force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now they don't have that. But and instead, what if they were doing their fucking like doctoral thesis? <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, and you know, I hope that we're going to explore the fanfic nature of this in great detail because, you know, it's close to our hearts as guys who talk about Star Wars a lot recently. Yeah. Um, We're fathers of two of three young boys. Yeah, yeah, who are all Star Wars obsessed. Yeah, it, 
I don't want to yuck anyone's yumps. Yeah. I'll say that up front. Yeah. But um and I'm sure this has been said before, but uh tread carefully here. Kylo Ren is a one of the world's one of history's most abominable war criminals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I this is how I feel about Darth Vader too. It's not good to ship him with anyone. <laughs> he's like what he's done. I, I I get that he's handsome and like kind of broody. Is he? I I think for a certain. I think he's like he's like got an interesting face. That's like what that's, about in that second movie where he's wearing like those pants really high? <laughs> Do you remember? He's like shirtless and he's wearing his pants. Yeah, like exactly above his belly yeah, button. Look, it's not for everybody, but that that's fine. Whatever. I could understand somebody being like, I'm a I'm sexually attracted to this man. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not just like. A little bit naughty. <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. He's really naughty. He he's a kills... patricidal war criminal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's there's no redemption for him. It, he can't be redeemed. But what is your son's favorite character in Star Wars? Right now, it's Kylo Ren. Uh, he's, he he watched who, Force Awakens. <laughs> who was it? Actually, no. It's Lady Proxima. <laughs> Why does he like Lady Proxima so much? <laughs> he likes creatures. Yeah. He likes creatures. Solo is such a good movie, and it's so underrated. Solo is such no a great movie. no one gave it a fair shake. It's really good, yeah. It's a good well, movie. Reapproach it with an open mind. Yeah. I'm serious, folks. Sex it's bugs. a good movie. Everyone was shitty about it for no reason. It's good. You know, it's got a few pacing problems, but it's like- Yeah, and like, it's a okay, good like, movie. sure, it's it's like, whatever. It's it's fleshing out this character that you love, yeah. like Han Solo. But still, yeah. they do a good job of it. Yeah. It's good. It's a good movie. Just have an open mind. God. It's the fifth best Star Wars movie, no question. Okay. Interesting. Um, I can just say it for you. Do you want me Empire to Empire Strikes Back. Yes. New Hope. Yes. Are you going to Return of the Jedi, Jedi now? Next. Yeah, Jedi next. Okay. Yeah. Force Awakens. No. S- Revenge of the Sith. No. Uh, Rogue One? Yeah. Okay. Rogue One yeah. is the fourth best Star Wars movie. Also, a kind of a patchwork movie, but it's definitely the fourth best Star Wars movie. It's very good and also kind of underrated. People yeah, slept I, on I it. I agree. I agree. And then Solo, and then Force Awakens, and then there are no other Star Wars movies, as far as I'm concerned. There's a lot of other ones. There's, I know. Um, I know. I'm aware. I'm aware. But and they're all good. Yeah. <laughs> they're all good. But we can agree on that. Yeah. Um, d- there's going to be lots of Star Wars talk, and we're allowed to because this is based on Star Wars fanfic. But maybe we should say a little bit about the book. Okay. Yeah. You think 20 minutes in we should probably start talking about the book? Yeah. Okay. What if what if that's the hypothesis? What if Kylo Ren fell in love with Rey? Us? Oh, but okay. they were doctoral students. They were doing yeah, their yeah. thesis. <laughs> what a wild what a wild world. I didn't know we could do that. That's the love hypothesis. Maybe I can write a romance book. If all you have to do is pick two characters you like and make them fall in love in some like non-traditional setting. We've got a segment for this. Okay. I mean, I've in- just invented it. Okay. It's called "Let's Make Some Some Money Taking a, a Already Successful Fantasy or Sci-Fi Property and Figuring Out How to Take the Characters and Make It Be a Romance." Really, juice it. Really Let's just juice it. Wring all the the cash out of it. Do you want to do that now, or should we say the book a little bit? <laughs> no, let's do it now. Okay. Um, I have a Great. suggestion for okay. the characters. Yeah. Parents from Coco Melon. <laughs> they're already. It's going to be tough because it's like they're already. They're just. I guess it could be like a comedy of re, like remarriage. I feel like that's a. I genre. guess. I guess most people haven't 
most non-parents don't wouldn't be familiar with that. What about the mom from Coco Melon and okay. someone else? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is interesting. We, well, but we already have Star Wars, right? Yeah. This book was about uh, Star Wars, so we probably want to do another property. Star I don't Trek. know enough about Coco Melon. Shrek, did you say? I said Star Trek, but okay. I like, <laughs> I like Sh- Shrek, too. Shrek and the mom from Coco Melon. I think we got to keep it within the same narrative universe. We can't ha- ha- cross the streams like that. I mean, not on our first outing. On this, okay, what okay, I think okay. is going to be a long-running segment. Um, okay, l- let me pitch one to you. Yeah. What if it's the Ninja Turtles? Okay. Interesting. And maybe April O'Neil. Are we going? Are we going traditional? Are we going um, April think, O'Neil and uh, Casey? What's no, his name? not Casey Jones. I Casey think it's Jones? all four Ninja Turtles. It's saucy like that. Oh, okay. And one of them. Sort of an hear me out. Uh, one of them is the kind of the leader. Yeah, Leo. Uh, one of them kind of does machines, as it were. What does that mean? Like he has sex with machines? I don't know, man. It's in the song. You tell like me. One of those, one <laughs> of those like little rigs that makes the like yeah <laughs> the dildo like <laughs> thrust. Sure, man. If the if that's what you want, yes, I think it's a, he's like mechanically minded. One of them is cool but rude, and yeah, then one sexy. of them one of them is a party dude. And then one of them is, and then the lady is the is a is a reporter, like a journalist, right? The, but they're not turtles. Okay, where are they? Because now I don't just got guys. Oh, I mean, you know what we do is like obviously what we do. Yeah, head to Makaroo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. So we're gonna go to Makaroo.com, which is what we use to. Uh, we usually we to... reserve this for the uh, the Patreon show. Yeah, it's when we need to generate um, a story. It's a story generating. Um, it just generates. It's a random thing generator that we found yeah. incredibly useful in the past. I think we googled random thing generator originally yeah. to find it. Yeah, it helps us to flesh out our stories. Mostly, what we need is is the field that they're working in, right? Because this this book was Kylo Ren and Ray. Yeah. But what if they were in so academia? Do you, do you want me to do one for each turtle and April? Yeah, please. So Are you, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. This is a one-man mockeroo. Sure. Leonardo. I'm just here to call the shots. So if you if you want to play along... Well, folks, you don't need to play along at home. We're just going to do this for you. This, this is, is a one-man mockeroo. Randomly generate things for us. Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo, and April. Um, so those are our five fields, right? Yeah. And then if you go into the, the types on Makaru, there's there's department parentheses corporate and department parentheses retail. Okay. So which do you think? Uh, I think we can Let's kinda... do corporate because that's their job, I think, right? Oh, we yeah, can do yeah, yeah. a little bit of both. Do you want Maybe just... a little bit of both is what I was going to suggest. Okay. I'm just going to do, I'm going to alternate. Yeah. Department corporate and department retail. That's perfect. This is perfect. So Leonardo's department corporate, Donatello's department retail, and so on. This is going to be perfect. And then we th- we can have this IP. We just need to change their names and then just keep their characters, right? Because yeah. Allie did this with Force Awakens. I don't think anyone's come after her. I mean, except us. Well, yeah, I guess so. Okay, so are we ready to just generate? Yeah, please. Okay, perfect. Okay, great. So um, Leonardo... Yeah, um, is kind of a leadership. So our character, Leon, so basically it's a story about four men who are in love with April. Now, you said that we keep their general characteristics, yes. right? So Leonardo- But is we a, change their names. Are they turtles? No, they're guys. Okay, they're guys. Okay. 
Yeah, in the same way that like the character in this book, which we haven't really talked about yet, uh, whose name is no, uh, Carlson Adam some, Adam Carlson. See Adam Driver, right? His name is Adam Carlson, and he is not a the leader of the Knights of Ren in this book. Right. Okay. Yes. He's I guess a, bi- he's a biology that, really. doctor. Uh, but in in our book, Leonardo is not a turtle or a ninja. He he's a is guy, but he's like Leonardo. He's he's got great leadership skills, and he has a blue headband. Okay, um, and maybe he has a katana blade. Swords, who knows? two swords, um, and he works in product management. Okay, that's pretty good, right? And then it's, it's fine. Uh, yeah, kind of impressively for Donatello, uh, <laughs> we've generated automotive. So Donatello does machines. He does do machines. Yeah. yeah. He has sex with cars. Yeah. So, and then we've got uh, Raphael, uh, who is, um, he's- Cool but rude. Cool but rude. He's like a cool guy, but he's rude in this yeah. in our book. Um, and he works in accounting. Okay. You know, I know a few accountants, and they are all cool but rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's in perfect. In my experience. He's kind of, I guess he's like maybe a Wall Street guy. But cool. Yeah, yeah. But rude. Um, rude. And Michelangelo, of course, has a yellow headband. He likes to party. Orange, 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 orange. Okay, fine. It's orange. He likes to party. He had a yellow headband in that one TMNT cabinet arcade game with the four-player controls. Yeah. In the official art for that, he had a yellow headband, but that's wrong. He has an orange orange headband. Okay, fine. And I know in the movie, because Cyril and I watched the movie, the uh, 1990 movie recently, and it's orange. He, uh, Michelangelo, uh, so this character, um, he's cool. He's, he's a party dude. He loves to party. He's a party dude. He loves pizza. Uh, he loves he partying. Loves pizza, he loves music. And he works, of course, in garden. Garden. Works, works in, in the, the garden. garden. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Is the that gardener. code? Yeah. He's like a, yeah, he's like he a pot. pot. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and they're all four of these guys are in love with April O'Neil from Human Resources. Okay. <laughs> They're all at one company, huh? Um, yeah. Except, presumably, Michelangelo. But this is perfect. They they keep getting called into human resources because they're always like... Oh, that's beautiful, actually. It's sort of like a little bit of a, like a bottle episode book. This is actually really good. They, so where they keep like, getting... They're always causing trouble in various ways. Right. But where do, how does Michelangelo fit in as the weed dealer i think maybe he works in the garden part like in the he's just he's like a factory he's the gardener at the at the whatever the industry is but like everyone knows that he's also like just sells pot to everybody right and that's maybe why he's getting called into human resources all the time and they're all in love with april and she's got to choose one this is good maybe she fucks them all i think she probably it's like bachelor it's bachelor rules yeah bachelor rules yeah where she she sort of like is obligated to fuck them all yeah just to like make sure that the chemistry is there, you know. <laughs> and we all sort of like we're fine with it. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to call this? Something four on one. <laughs> That's maybe a little on the nose. Um, lovers in a half shell. <laughs> lovers in the half shell is good, though. I think Ali Hazelwood very smartly. Oh, sort of did like a complete pivot. Did a complete pivot. It's just like if you look at the cover of this, it's quite clearly Kylo Ren and Ray. Yeah. So like the. The marketing team behind the book leaned into it. It takes place in an automotive plant. This one, I guess so. There's a gardener. There's a gardening. What did I say? I've I've closed it out. So I think 
one of Leo was a project manager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Raf was I don't remember, but Donatello works on cars. On cars, yeah, and Mikey is on the um, in the garden. I mean, and I think everyone it's just like else an Acme Corp, you know, was sort of like vaguely support. They do a crew. bunch of shit. They put out cars and oh, like, it's like an umbrella company. It's like yeah. Mondelez. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what if we just call it Human Resources? I think there's something in that. That's not bad. Yeah, Human you know? Resources. And then it's like she's resourceful, and she's like dating a lot of humans. And then I like and then, it. Yeah, and then when, I like it. When the Ninja Turtles come after us to try to sue us, we're like, we literally called it human resources. It's not like, yeah, what are you talking about? Very, very clear. These These are are entirely new characters. Sentient turtles. Leo, Don. (laughs) Yeah, Don, Mike. Raph, and Mike. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And April, and Casey. And Splinter. Master Splinter. (laughs) Master Splinter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> these are these are original and they all fuck in the technical IP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would love that. I would yeah. love to not only read that scene, but write that scene. And that big eye on top watches. Oh, he's a, so he's good. dirty like that. Is the Technodrome alive? No, it's mechanical, but it comes from Dimension X, I think. Where's the where's the is that eye is the eye mechanical? I don't know, you have to ask Craig. You remember the toy the metro, the um Yeah, it was fucking the, awesome. Terradrome, what's it called? Technodrome. The Technodrome, where you would um, open up the little ramp and you'd hit a button, the eye pop off and roll down the ramp. Amazing. What a what a, a breakthrough. Yeah. We got people out here curing cancer. Hey, how about do more yeah. of this kind of do stuff, more right? Of that. Yeah. Olive and Adam. Should we talk about the book? I think we should take a break and then maybe come back and talk about the book a little bit. Okay. Okay. And we're back. We're joined by the man himself. The man huh? himself is here. Man of the hour. Time to get beefy. Uh, we, we, what are we looking at here? Is we got beefcake here. He's drinking a bottle. He's pulverizing a bottle. He's, He's absolutely crushing, pounding it. it. Yeah, yeah. He does actually seem to be really crushing it. Yeah, isn't he? It's yeah. um. What time is it? There's seven forty-five. It's seven forty-five exactly. Yeah. Isn't he sleepy? Uh, he was, uh, and he was falling asleep in mommy's arms, but um, then he shat himself. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. So now he's wide awake. And, and now uh, he's with us, huh? Daddy's, daddy's going to uh, have Beefcake be on the podcast for a few minutes so mommy can have s- some sustenance in her body. <laughs> yeah, but you've you've decided to give him a bottle. Yeah, that's what he does, man. When he's so, not, when he's not sleeping, audio he's pounding medium, bottles. Yeah. His... Tiny little voice will be occupied by sucking down a, a beefy bottle. Yeah, he's sucking down a beefy bottle. So you'll just so baby instead Nation, of a rich audio experience yeah. where we're hearing a cute baby cooing and and he doesn't purring. really coo, man. He's either crying or sleeping or sucking down a beefy bottle. So we're just gonna have a baby on the podcast who's distracting us. Yeah, let's yeah. say the book because it's you know. Hey, let me be nostalgic with you for a second. Remember yeah. when we used to not say the book for Babysitter's Club? <laughs> mm. We used to wait until after the break to do Sometimes it. Sometimes we wouldn't say the book, you know? Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to say it while you're feeding the baby? Uh, yeah, you say it. We'll say it. I mean, we'll just we'll take it in turns. We'll just talk, let's Ren talk about it. Yeah. Skywalker yeah. <laughs> is from a planet called Jakku. Yes. It's a desert planet. <laughs> <laughs> She was abandoned there by her parents. Yes, and we don't know who they were. 
And she left Jakku to become a research fellow. Yes. At Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and importantly, on her first day there, when she wasn't sure whether she was going to do it or not, she runs into a guy in the bathroom. She's like in the wrong bathroom. Beefy, handsome crying. guy. Beefy, handsome sexy, guy. So Much sexy. like this guy right here, who's just yeah. beefing down a bottle. You mean me? Yes. Oh, no. And, oh, I am beefing down a bottle. Yeah, yeah. Could be anyone. That's right. <laughs> um, and uh, she's crying in the bathroom. And he's like, laconically, is like, why are you crying in the bathroom? And she's like, I don't know if I want to go into academics. And like, they have some conversation that's like, he's like, you got to go into academics for the right reason. And I can't remember what it is, but it sounds good. And then, and it changes her life because it it makes her, it helps her to like realize that she really does want to be an academic and it's important. Yeah. 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 And then it's fast forward to a year later and he's the meanest guy in, well, we don't know it's him. But it, the he's the he's the hard ass like there's a mean who, we don't know it's him everyone. we don't know it's him that's just the experience that you have with the guy but there is a hard ass prof, not a professor but he's like a post grad yeah yeah and he fails everyone and he's mean and um she Ray aka Olive Olive in this book it's a classic romance trope where she she's got a friend named On yes. And On is interested in a man called Jeremy, who's a Irish ginger. Yeah, that's the only salient facts we ever get about him. Yeah, he's Irish. He's ginger. On is worried that Ray Skywalker Olive is into Jeremy, and On is also into Jeremy and wants to date him. So it, it causes a little um, conflict, right? A little tension. So Olive decides that even, she's not into Jeremy, and she wants to free on to date her. You know, yeah, yeah, to date lover. to date Jeremy. And the best so, way to do that is to persuade her that she's into someone kid. else. And the way that she persuades her that she's into someone else is is that she impulsively does a big kiss on the a guy who happens to be walking by. You know, there's something where, like, she said she was going to be out on a date and she wasn't, and then her friend sees her and she's like, "If I do a big kiss on this guy who happens to be walking by right now, she'll think that." my story about being on a date is real and it happens to be the dark lord himself right kylo ren K- kylo aka ren. adam driver Carlson. and then he's like then later they have a conversation about it and he's like that was fucked up and weird but sorry it, when i meant ak when i said aka i didn't yeah. mean the actor who played kylo ren i meant the character in this book adam, adam carlson sorry yeah i said adam driver um then they have a conversation, and he's like very laconic, and he's mean, and like everyone fears him. But he's like, you know, in his like very logical way, he's like, it would actually kind of work out for me if we pretended to date each other, because right? Because the, he's he's a flight risk. I'm a flight risk, and a lot of my grant funding is on hold because people think that I'm not putting roots down here in Stanford, and if they see that I'm dating a graduate student. They'll be yeah. more likely to think that I'm not going to leave the institution and give me my grant funding. And right. then they pretend to date, and it's quite clear that they're in love with each other from the very beginning, but it takes the rest of the book to, for them to... Well, he's always, it turns out, been in love with her. But yeah, she, yeah, we discover that he's he's pined after her since yeah. that fateful meeting in, in the bathroom. Yeah, but there's an important thing, which is that she is trying to get a prestigious position with a famous doctor named Tom who it turns out is a good friend of 
our hero Adam Carlson's. And, and also a villain. He ends up being kind of a villain and he gives her the position, but then like tries to make out with her and acts as if it was understood that she was going to sleep with him and that was the only reason why yeah. he was going to consider the position, but she does record it by accident on her telephone and that's the most of the story. Yeah. Well, and she has to lie to her friends the whole time and it's very weird for them because he's like this famous asshole. Yeah, yeah. He he has kept all of her friends from graduating. Like he, he always ends up on everyone's like thesis panel yeah, and always tells them that their shit sucks. Yeah, and that's something that they kind of work out a little bit. Let me take this beefy bit. boy back to his mommy. Okay, is he sleepy? Let me get let me get a peek at you him. Wanna, you want to? You got a peek? Yeah. Look, look how sleepy. Oh, that look. kid's like half asleep already. Yeah. Good night, Lewis. Good night, Lewis. All right, I'll be back. I love you. So I have written here in my notes the words "ass pyramid." Yeah, they do talk about what that is. The ass pyramid. Yeah. Uh, Why did I write this? They talk about it in the book. Fuck her life, because Dr. Adam Carlson was a known ass. This fact was not remarkable in and of itself, as in academia, every position above the graduate student level, Olive's level, sadly, required some degree of assness in order to be held for any length of time, with tenured faculty at the very peak of the ass pyramid. Okay, yeah. Dr. Carlson, though, he was exceptional, at least yeah. if the rumors were anything to go by. So, yeah, that's, I just, I... I I don't have much more to say except that I did I did write down the ass pyramid. I'll tell you what I, I what I said. Why I wrote that? Yeah, I'm booking my ticket to to Cairo now. Okay, <laughs> to go visit the ass pyramids. You know, <laughs> hell yeah! It's uh, interesting. It's interesting that they decided. You know, the, you know, this book, as we've established, is fanfic for Kylo Ren and Ray. Yeah, but she she made some interesting character choices. I guess to distance herself from the original text, right? Yeah. Adam Driver. Uh Carlson. Yeah, sorry. Is an ass. Yeah. A butt, a human butt. Yeah, human butt, yeah. So it's a little like our TMT exploration where it's like Yeah. Hey, he's like a guy, but he's also like a human butt. He's right? a human butt and he's at the top of the ass pyramid. She's fallen in love with a human butt. Yeah. <laughs> he's at the top of the ass pyramid. Yeah. Um and she is an olive. She's an olive. Yeah, and her friend calls her Kalamata. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he, well, let me read a passage. Okay, yeah, perfect. He pushed his hand against her shoulder blades to make her arch towards him, and then he closed his mouth against her breast. All <laughs> teeth and tongue and wonderful, delicious suction. Olive whimpered against the back of her hand because she hadn't known, hadn't thought that she'd be so sensitive, but her nipples were tight and raw <laughs> and almost sore. And if he didn't do something, she'd, you're edible, Olive. Oh, yeah, he did say that. Yeah. <laughs> he says, you're edible, Olive. Yeah, you're an, ed- you're an edible it's like, Olive. Yeah, no <laughs> duh, guy. Yeah, no kidding. They're all edible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the throes of passion, you know? <laughs> yeah. So what we have is a living butt eating yeah. olives. Yeah, it's And it's, it's a highly sexual experience. Yeah. If you haven't stuck an olive... In a butt? Yeah. You wouldn't know? You wouldn't know. But it's so sexy. It's so sexy and nice. Yeah. According to this book. And she is not somebody who has ever... Uh, she usually doesn't experience sexual Yeah, she's, she's sort of um, 
she can't find sexual attraction to someone unless she's like uh, unless she feels real tr- in, trust towards yeah, them. Yeah, 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 intimate with them, and it's a thing. But speaking of sexual attraction, let me run this by you. Here's something she says. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to assume. No, it makes sense to be upfront. I was just surprised. I know. Olive nodded. Honestly, she was a little surprised too that she was sitting in Adam Carlson's office talking about sex. Not the meiosis kind of sex, but potential sexual intercourse between the two of them. Sorry, I didn't mean to make things weird. This is when they're kind of staking out the rules of their fake dating, and she brings up that they won't be having sex, and then it gets weird. They do have sex. They stick olives into butts. But my question is, how can I get me some of that meiosis kind of sex? Oh, yeah. I don't know what meiosis I don't means. know what that is, and it sounds like everybody's doing it. it sounds horrible. How do you do it? And Do we have any sex scientists who listen to the podcast who could help us? Okay. Because no. I want to try doing the meiosis kind of sex. I don't that think you're going to want to. No? Because I just Googled meiosis. I mean, I'll try anything once. And it, it here's the definition of meiosis. And okay. I, I don't think you're going right. to like it. All right. Shall I get lubed up? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Okay, just say it. Excessive constriction of the pupil of the eye. Ah, uh, are you so sure? So is that what you want? No, I don't want that. M e i. You're like an eye. You're like an eye. You you don't like the eye stuff, huh? Oh, that sounds awful. You're not like an eye stuff guy. No, I don't like that at all. And that's what it is. Meiosis. I mean, that's what Google says. They said the definition of meiosis is excessive constriction of the pupil of the eye. It's like a millennial thing, I guess. Yeah, they're just like. They're I guess that's sex. why she says, "Sorry, I didn't mean to make things weird." Right. Sorry, I, I squeeze your eyes. <laughs> I hate that. Okay, well, we won't be doing that. I won't be trying that. What else? I'll tell you what else, Jack. Yes, tell me. Yeah, this book ends with an iconic line. Mm-hmm. One of the the most sexually charged mm-hmm. passages we've ever read in one of these books. Yeah. The first thing is that I lied to you, and my lie was not just by omission. Olive. It was a real lie, a bad one, a stupid one. I let you, no, I made you think that I had feelings for someone else when in truth I didn't. I never did. His hand came up to cup the side of her face. But that's not very important. Olive, he pulled closer, pressing his lips against her forehead. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is that you're crying about, I will fix it. I will make it right. I, Adam, she interrupted with her wet smile. Ugh. <laughs> Why is it wet? Is it blood? <laughs> it's an olive. It's been in a martini. It's not important. It's like Andrew W.K., right? <laughs> it's not important because the second thing, that's what really matters. They were so close now. She could smell his scent and his warmth. She smelled his warmth. And his hands were cradling her face, thumbs swiping back and forth to dry her cheeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's getting me where I need to go. Sweetheart, he murmured. What is the second thing? She was still crying, but she'd never been happier. So she said it, probably in the worst accent he'd ever heard. Ichu vanju, Adam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ooh, what a so sexy, right? Yeah. 
She Ich. Dropped, she dropped some Dutch on him. She dropped some Dutch on him. He's Dutch by birth. He's Dutch. He speaks Dutch, and he taught her how to say, I love you in Dutch, which is what she had just said to him. Yeah. That's what um, Ich. Ich. There's a there's a scene in early in this book where she reveals that in college she had a poster on her wall that said let's do reverse 69 in every yeah, different in language, every language right. and she memorized it and that's that novel ends with her saying that in Dutch let's do reverse 69 and I think um, it's just the dirtiest I, thing you can do. It's the dirtiest thing you can do for sex. It's the dirtiest thing you can yeah. do, and I don't even under. I don't even. I can't even. You can't wrap your brain around. Totally it. wrap my head around it. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> one of those things where it's like you don't know what it is until you're doing it, and you're yeah. like, "Oh shit, this is it. We're in it. Yeah. I'm doing reverse sixty nine, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's yeah. enough. That's enough yeah. to make you." You yeah. know, blast. Yeah, <laughs> you blast right off with that once you realize you're doing it. Yeah. So she wins him over by yeah. saying. Ich who von you, Adam. Yeah, let's reverse sixty-nine. So I, you know, and I think it's I think it's our responsibility to some yeah. degree to help the sex bugs and the bed yeah. pots and the baby nation land their their Respected white whales. White whales, okay. Yeah, get them to the place where they're they have the potential to do the bonky. Okay. Yep. You know what I mean by that? I do. So I just wanted to try out some more Dutch pickup lines on you. Okay. Yeah, I love you that. know just to. Um, just to get a feel for it. Do you think this is going to be too sexy? Maybe. Yeah. What I want you to do, Jack, is pretend you're a sweet Dutch lass. Okay. And I am a strapping American boy. Okay. Who's come over to the the Netherlands for a, a little bit of a, a vacation, right? Yeah. I'm here to smoke your weed. Okay. I'm here to ride on your bikes and your boats. Okay. I'm here to eat at your automots. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other experiences I had when I was in Amsterdam. I'm here to get hit by a car. We're, oh, you did get hit by a car in Amsterdam, famously. I'm here to go to the Van Gogh Museum. I'm here to go to the Anne Frank Museum. Well, we're in. We're not in Amsterdam. We're in Utrecht. Okay. And I'm here to get it in. Yeah, you're here to get it in. Okay. And I just have one question for you. Do you want me to get into the part or, at all? Or? Well, I thought that's what I was just doing. I was trying to... Good morgen. Uh, well, willkommen auf Utrecht. I am a Dutch lass. Okay. Hey, quick question. Y- yeah. How wird het om het moest mess J in der Kamer? How do we put my head and your head together? How does it feel to be the most beautiful girl in the room? <laughs> okay. I like hey, let that. me ask another question. Yeah, please. Yeah. Geloof J in liefde op het eerste gezicht of moet ik weer voorbij lopen? Uh, Do you believe in love at first sight? Okay. Or should I walk by again? Oh, I see. So that I would, the second time might go better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, why not walk by again? First of all... Excuse okay. me! Yeah. Ich bin Milnge Telefonnummer gewicht. Kann ich die Wanju lehnen? Okay. Excuse me. I am. What is it? Excuse me. <laughs> ich bin Milnge Telefonnummer gewicht. Kann ich die Wanju lehnen? Okay. Uh, excuse me. I've lost my telephone number. Can I have yours? <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, baby. You, you're picking one up when I'm laying down, huh? <laughs> now we're finally on the same wavelength. It took me a minute. I've, I've lived in Utrecht here for so long, and nobody's yeah. ever asked me that. Yeah. That it took this handsome American boy with the perfect Dutch and a lilt. You've got the lilt down, too. And you yeah, yeah. understood the, the s- sweet resonance of our language. And also, when you said, what did you say about me being the most beautiful girl in the room? Oh, I'll tell you. What I said was, um, Hovelt het om het mueste miesje in der kamer? Yeah. When you said that, yeah. Uh, so this I, is getting you charged up, huh? It got me pretty charged up, yes. So I think this is this is good advice. Yeah, this, this is, is good, good advice, advice from Allie yeah. Hazelwood. This is good advice from yeah. us. If you're looking to court someone, mm-hmm. hit him with some Dutch, baby. Yeah, it's beautiful. Such it's a, a language beautiful language. It's, a, it's the language of love. I um For Dutch listeners, uh, I believe that your language is mo- potentially more beautiful <laughs> than Tanner has made it sound here. <laughs> but it's tough uh-huh. to say. It's tough to say. It was yeah, It was very sexy. Yeah. We have to go pretty soon. Okay. Well, I got tons of more notes. Okay. Should we just make this a two-parter? <laughs> we didn't really say the book that much. I guess we should do our burns. Let's do our burns. Okay. Do you want me to do mine first? Yeah, please. Uh, so this is also during the scene where they're kind of laying down the ground rules. She's like aware. I'm worried that she's trapped in a romance novel because she's aware that the fake dating is a romance trope. Yeah, Like, there's a scene where, like, they end up having to... He's, like... She, she, like, isn't able to get an Airbnb at the conference, and he's, like, oh, well, I guess you could stay in my room. And she's, like, no, I can't. There will only be one bed. And he's, like, what are you talking about? He's, like, I looked it up. There's two beds. And she's, like, no, no, no. There's only gonna be one bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Good (laughs) one, It's very funny. and But she's, like, clearly trapped in the world of rom-coms. Yeah. But, so, when they're doing... They're laying down the ground rules of fake dating. She says this. For this to work, we should probably do things together every once in a while. Things? I'm trying to do my best Kylo Ren voice. Things? Yeah. Things! Do it with... Do it. Do mask on, Kylo Ren. Things. 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 Yeah. Things. I like... Cyril was watching Force Awakens today. And... I got nervous. I was like actually reading this book, and he was watching Force Awakens. He was home sick from school today, and so I was like, "I need you to watch Force Awakens." And uh, he got yeah, to please. for the first time the part where Kylo Ren. Uh, spoilers, I guess, for Force Awakens, folks. Uh, yeah. I'm about to say a pretty big one, uh, where Kylo Ren kills Han Solo, his daddy. And like, also I I stopped reading this book and listened, and it was like, you know, it was like kind of fraught. For it was like this guy being like. You're not my dad. I'm going to kill you, dad. Die, dad. And the dad is like, You're You were a little son. worried that I Sarah was going to kill you? Well, I was just like, What? Like, puts ideas in his This head. is outside of, he's four. It's maybe like slightly out of his age range. Yeah. What, so I went in and I was like, What's happening in the movie? Because I was like, Maybe we can talk about it. He was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does he understand that? that- <laughs> Harrison Ford Han Solo is the same as the Han Solo from Solo? I don't know, man. At the end of Probably the movie, not, right? he was like, this is boring at the end because it's like he wants creatures. And like, and I was like, let's, it's like there's a couple minutes left and like that guy's going to, it's going to be interesting to see who that guy is. And he's like, okay. And so he watched it together and then 
there's the big reveal where it turned the guy turns around and it's Luke Skywalker. And I was like, who is it? Who is it? And he's like, Luke. And I was yeah. like, okay. And he's like, okay, can we turn it off now? And yeah. like, it's but it's like, solo. he wasn't like, it's Luke, but he's 40 years older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, that's Luke. Wait, it looks good. Mark Hamill is good in that film. Yeah. Anyway, we spoiled that movie. Let me say my burn. For this to work, we should probably do things together every once in a while. Things. Who, me and you? Things. Stuff. Kylo Ren and Ray. Yeah. Stuff. He repeated dubiously. Yeah, stuff. What do you do for fun? He was probably into something atrocious, like cow tipping excursions or Japanese beetle fighting. Maybe he collected porcelain dolls. Maybe he was an avid geocacher. Maybe he frequented vaping conventions. Oh, God. And it's a burn on cow tippers, Japanese beetle fighters, doll collectors, geocachers, and vape enthusiasts. Yeah. I, I, had, I had that under my um, in my notes under the header, uh, Cool School. <laughs> yeah, because those things are all fucking awesome. Those are cool things. Those like, are you, all cool. You show me someone who's into cow tipping, Japanese beetle fighting, <laughs> porcelain dolls, geocaching, geocaching. and vaping. And yeah. I'm like, hey, yeah. I have a new best friend. <laughs> right? Yeah. What's your Here's mind? my burn. Yeah. So Olive is a graduate student and her her like thesis advisor is this like pretty chill teacher named Dr. Dr. Aslan. As- Aslan. It's a line from Narnia. Dr. Aslan? Aslan. Oh, it's the line. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The lion from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> Aslan. Yeah. Is a female doctor who's mm-hmm. also Olive's thesis advisor in yeah. this book. Mm-hmm. So that's all you need to know. S- yeah. Setting this up. Mm-hmm. And this is Olive. Yeah. My throat will dry up, my brain will shut down, and I will be so bad that someone from the audience will take out a crossbow and shoot me in the kneecap. I'm not ready to speak in public. Of course you are. You're a good public speaker. I'm not. I stammer, I blush, I meander a lot, especially in front of large crowds. And, Olive, what do I always tell you? Um... Don't misplace the multi-channel pipette. The other thing, she sighed. Carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre white man. And that's us, Jack. And that's, that's a burn us. on us. We're the mediocre white. Anytime anyone says that, they mean they specifically mean me and Jack. We're the mediocre white men they're talking Except about. Except we're exceptional white men. And that's how to carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre white man. <laughs> 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 we have to do it too. Yeah, we have. This to do is the it thing too. you don't understand yeah. about mediocre white men like me and Jack is like we have to. Yeah. We also have We're to play by those rules. Exceptional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we have to go now. Mm. I got to go watch a show with Beefcake and Sarah. That sounds nice. Yeah. What are you gonna watch? I don't know. We're um, we've got uh, Witcher cooking, and we've got um, Book of Boba Fett cooking. So probably one of those. You don't watch that with your child who's we watch it with him, super into Star Wars? We do watch we do watch it with him, but he's not like a guy who has a show. Like he'll watch something and then he'll watch it a, a thousand other times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true of Miles. <laughs> we gotta go. We have to leave. We also have to go. I'd like to thank you, uh Tanner, very much for bearing with us. Hey, um, you're welcome, man. I'd like to thank the um Baby Nation and the Bed Pots and the Sex Bugs so very much for bearing with us. Uh, we love and kiss you so very much. I would like to say to everyone that um, you must subscribe to our Patreon. 
Patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. Yeah, it's about to get pretty wild. It's getting wild. We're doing the, uh, I think, I think, because this is coming out a little later than we conceived this concept, but it by this point, we are almost certainly talking about um, TGIF shows. TGIF, and I think we're we've we've pivoted a... the show to be called, oh God, it's Friday. <laughs> and we're going through every fucking one of them. We're show going by through show. every TGIF show, show by show, week by week. Yeah. For so, the full run from it's 1989 be to 2005. An absolutely wild ride. And if you have been hesitant to, to check out the Patreon, now's the time to fucking dive in. Because uh, yeah. you can watch along with us. You can remember along with us. It's going to be fun. It's going to be funny. Um, it's We're only $5 with a month. Season three, episode one of Full House. Yeah. <laughs> which is, just happened to be when TGIF, TGIF proper started. Um, it's going to be fun. Patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. Do it, please, for please. God's sake. And it's a good way to support the show. Um, join our Facebook group, Baby Nation on Facebook, and rate and review our show on wherever you can rate and review shows. Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts Spotify, Spotify. Anywhere else. You can also follow it at other places like Stitcher. and Yeah, we're on all the things. Um, tell a friend about the show. That helps yeah. to support us. And uh, we've, we're going to have new merch up pretty soon. Uh, Bit.ly slash BSCC merch. Yeah, yeah. We've got our designer, Matthew, on it now. The same guy who did our beautiful cover art is now working on a few different shirt designs that we'll have up on DFTBA yeah. very soon. Very soon. So keep an eye out for that. All that remains is for me to say that this week we read a novel. The novel that we read was The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. We enjoyed it. Um, and next week we're going to be watching a movie and that movie is the hit 1990 romance slash fantasy starring Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze ghost. I think it's a prequel to spectral. All that remains is for me to say that this week I have of course been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. We don't have an outro. Goodbye. We don't need one. We might be childhood friends and I'm a childhood.